welcome to the Happy Homebirth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things homebirth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy homebirthers, and welcome to episode 73 of the Happy Homebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I am just dying of excitement because today, this day, Happy Home Birth Academy has officially launched. It is available now for you. Just go on right now to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA and you will see the sales page and you will be able to sign up on the sales page and you will go to your wonderful course. I think it's wonderful. Anyway, I am just so grateful for all of the support I've received while I've been creating this. I would like to give a huge shout out to my husband, Thomas, for not leaving me, number one, because this is literally all I have been doing for months now. I'd like to thank my adrenal glands for getting me through this, even when I thought they might not. Um, And yeah, just this wonderful community of people who has supported me and my goal to support mothers. Uh, So... That's the the perfect way to uh, end the day after Mother's Day. And I am really looking forward to this interview in particular because not only is this a founding member of Happy Homebirth Academy who shares her gorgeous story, but it is one of my favorite people in the entire world, my friend Emily. I was actually able to be at her birth just, I mean, this wasn't even two weeks ago when this is from when this is airing that she had her precious new sweet little daughter. I am so excited for you to hear her story. And Emily's story, really hers and Amy's from last week, both just make me so excited for what's to come and the way that I see that we can take control of our birthing experiences and we have the power to be empowered. We have the power to create a different paradigm and a new mindset when it comes to birth. And that's what Happy Home Birth Academy is all about. So I'm not going to go on this spiel forever. I want you guys to go check it out at myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA. Please spread it far and wide. It means the world to me. And with all of that being said, let's jump into this amazing story of my wonderful friend, Emily. Emily, I am overwhelmingly excited to be sitting in your bed right now, (laughs) recording this podcast episode with you. (laughs) So if you wouldn't mind, would you start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. So my name is Emily Hagen. Um, I am a hairstylist and um, live in upstate South Carolina. Um, Me and my husband have been together now, or been married for nine years. Um, We have two kids. Um, My son is four and my daughter is nine, ten days old? Yeah. I think ten days old. and a half. Yeah. Um, Fresh. She's fresh. (laughs) She still smells real good. Um, And yeah, that's. That's the what? That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, well, so your experience is really different from a lot of mom's experiences. And I want to bring this up at the beginning because this is your second child, but this was your first birthing experience. So what does that mean? What, what has your experience of motherhood been thus far? 
So my son, who is four, um, his adoption was actually finalized last year, last spring. Um, we met him when he was eight months old, and um, what that looked like was me and my husband at the time had been together for five years. Uh, we got married really young, and we <laughs> wanted to travel. We um, both were in the beginning of starting our careers, and um, so we really like weren't ready for kids yet. We were I was 18 and he was 21 and we were just kind of building our life and the fall of 2016, I kind of like me one of me and my best friends went on a walk and she asked me when we were ready to start a family and I felt like I was ready to start a family but I had no peace about being pregnant yet. And so about 3 weeks later at church, um they had adoption Sunday and in the middle of the service, I got this huge rush of emotion. And to kind of go back, I always knew that I wanted to adopt, but I didn't know when or how. And I definitely thought it would be after biological children because, of course, like everyone wants to have bio kids early and when you're young. And so <laughs> I didn't expect um, to adopt first. But adoption is very important. Um, in my own family um, and friends, we have a lot of it. And so I knew that was something in the future. I just didn't think it was really, you know, something that was going to happen soon. And so back to that church service, um, I had this huge rush, rush of emotion. And if you know me, like, I can count probably on one hand how many times I've, like, bawled my eyes out. Except now in the last 10 days <laughs> postpartum, <laughs> I, have, I have now cried a lot more. But but pre, um, pre-kids, I and very was very non-emotional and so I went to the church bathroom and literally started like just bawling and was like all right Lord like you have got to tell me what this is about because I have no idea what this means or what you want from me or what this looks like um so a couple weeks later from that after the church service and that was probably about six weeks after my walk with my friend where she asked me about us starting a family I was at work and um, my son's at the time foster mother came in um, with him and I met him and immediately knew he was my son. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not supposed to be there that day. She didn't have an appointment um, for her hair. She came in literally just to introduce him to the stylist she sees and I kind of interrupted and um, he kind of like lunged for me and I grabbed him and immediately knew he was mine. And so on the way to church that night, I was helping with youth group at the time, I called my husband and told him that we had met, I had met our baby. And uh, he <laughs> he was so cool. He was like, okay, well, you can get some information about that. <laughs> and so from that point, um, I became a little bit of a crazy person. I think like mother hormones totally kicked in and I called her and was like, what do I need to do? And she was like, well, you can get your foster license and you can become an alternative caregiver and you can see where his case goes. And so that is what we did. And for about a year, year and a half, we just um, babysat and were his alternative caregivers. And then when his um, case changed to adoption, we actually, um, he moved in with us full time. 
And that was a huge relief because before that, he was kind of bouncing in between our house and his uh, foster mom's house. Um, We were alternative caregivers at the time, so when he was with us, I knew that the Lord had had put it on my heart to pursue him um, and that he was ours, but when he would go back, I mean, everything would feel so empty. And then uh, in the spring of last year, we got to finalize his adoption. So those two years of kind of transitioning into motherhood um, were an absolute roller coaster. I think add in like court dates and um, the guardian ad litem and caseworkers and trying to like be ready at any time for someone to pop in and then all the extra things. There's a ton of paperwork, continuing education. Um, there's so much that comes along with foster care and adoption, home studies. Um, the, the road to motherhood was, that was a lot. And while people were extremely supportive, um, and I had my mom and one of my best friends who really understood exactly what I was going through, uh, foster care and adoption, you know, you, when you're pregnant, your baby's inside of you and that baby is yours and the baby's safe. And with foster care day to day, like you don't know what the outcome is going to be. It can change at any moment and it can be kind of an isolating world. A lot of people, um, you know, say things and, and try to be helpful, but it was definitely just a completely different experience in how every, most mothers, you know, can relate to pregnancy or breastfeeding or uh, nap schedules or anything that comes along with the traditional way to become a mother. And so now having something to compare it with, that was definitely a more challenging way to um, come into motherhood. But, you know, the Lord blessed me with the most incredible child who slept all night and eats whatever and is so easygoing. And so he kind of gave me the strength just to keep going. And it's kind of neat how that experience and my son shaped and molded me into a mother for the first time. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like, I don't know, when I think about even just like the idea of choosing home birth, for me, I've seen so many moms feel isolated by that choice and that's a choice that happened you know that's a one day thing what you went through was months of choosing every day to continue with a process that you knew was going to bring you vast benefit but you also knew was going to bring you vast pain in the meantime right so with that being your experience before what changed once the adoption was finalized and he was now yours? So it was, it was not even like, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks after that, like I started getting baby fever. And the great, <laughs> the crazy thing about that is that through um, my son's adoption and before that, I think the Holy Spirit really protected me from baby fever because had I had I wanted to be pregnant and wanted that sooner, you know, I don't know that we would have met him. I don't know that we would have went down that road. I think pregnancy through foster care 
was just too much and I couldn't I don't think I would have wanted to experience those at the same time um, I think my focus would have been not on the right things at the right time and I wouldn't have been able to repair the way that I want I wanted to um, I think uh, yeah it's just crazy how that shifted and it was it was like a hard fast shift where I was like all right <laughs> he is three and um, is to start thinking about another one so <laughs> he is three and he needs a baby yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well so we know that that situation was very different like you knew at that point like okay we're going to go the biological route this time what did you decide like how did you decide to handle your pregnancy like how did you go into pregnancy what were you thinking about so what's kind of cool is through the end of his, before he was his adoption was finalized, um, I have this friend Caitlin, and she <laughs> she was due just a couple months later, and um, she had a lot of different choices and a lot of different uh, ways to prepare and a lot of different things going on that I had never really seen or experienced before, and I just. I think two months before then had started listening to her podcast. It's me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that completely, like, just made me realize, like, oh, there's options. Because I had a ruptured gangrene appendix when I was 19 years old. And I had a very, very, very traumatic experience of being in the hospital for several weeks. And that did not go well. So the hospital was just really not a healing place for me. And um, if I had to end up there for, you know, the safety of my baby, then that was going to have to be okay. But the thought of something else, and I, like I said, I never really realized was an option, was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> that's when um, you were, I guess, six, seven months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really excited to see how her home birth <laughs> played out. And I was listening to the podcast like nonstop. Uh, me and my husband went on a trip to California, so it was a long flight. And I literally listened. That was the first time I had ever listened to it. And I listened to it like nonstop, back to back. And now the jingle just makes me think of taking off on flights. <laughs> so it's, Buckle up. it's the best. Um, and what's funny is I just had started listening to it for the first time on that flight. And my husband was like peering over my phone and he was like oh you listen to that that home birth podcast and I was like yeah I am I was like do you think that's weird and he said it like really loud on the plane and I just felt like everyone around me was probably like what the <laughs> and and whenever I said like you don't think that's weird and he was like no so that was pretty cool to realize I wouldn't even have to convince him he's <laughs> I mean he's into my crunchy stuff and he is too but like I just didn't know to what extent like he was open-minded too so that's ready and willing from the yeah, get-go yeah <laughs> praise god <laughs> amazing yeah so you okay so that was pretty cool because we got to really get to know each other I mean you had been doing my hair for a little bit but right <laughs> but we but. really got to get to know each other towards the latter part of my pregnancy and you were interested in what I was doing, which... And everything. I wanted, <laughs> oh. I wanted all the details. Which is... And you got them. <laughs> which is, like, my favorite thing ever is to, like, share this information. So when I feel like I'm not bothering somebody, 
and bombarding them it's the best so it was a perfect match for us I think yeah yeah it was awesome and I think even just to bring up the course that Caitlin's created um I got to see all of the things that she's put into it with her own pregnancy and um learn them over a span of time and so to see it all put together and especially get a piece of like I was a founding member in, in her beginning group. So to get all of that information in one place and get to use it, even though she had kind of been teaching me a lot of it slowly um, and I knew some of it, to have it all together in one place um, was amazing. And so, yeah, I'm just super excited about your course. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited. Yeah, I was excited about my course, and then you had your home birth, and then I was, like, <laughs> elated. <laughs> so we will get to that for sure. But, yeah, it was so neat to see from my perspective, seeing you, you know, you decided, like, okay, we're going to get pregnant. Lillian was born, my baby. And then it was, <laughs> like, just a few weeks later that you were pregnant. And you got to, like or I got to enjoy seeing you go through the pregnancy process from the beginning with your mind really already dialed into the fact that you were just, you were going to have a home birth. So knowing that that was your goal, how did you start the process of preparing? Right. So the baby fever hit, like I said, pretty soon after um, my son's adoption and you were towards the end of your pregnancy and you had started Whole30 and roped me into it, which (laughs) I've done several times before, but I was like, hey, this is a perfect way to start preparing my body. And um, me and my husband had like two trips that summer. So I knew I didn't want to be pregnant for those trips, but I knew, hey, I could start really buckling down on my nutrition, um, which also the Lily Nichols... um, Real Food for Pregnancy, I think you maybe lended me your book or something. And that was fascinating to me. That and Weston A. Price, um, we really shifted our eating habits and our nutrition and started adding a lot more butter to everything. <laughs> so that was great. Um, of course, not butter on Whole30. That was right. after Whole30. Yeah, that's ghee. Yeah. Just ghee. Yeah, just ghee. <laughs> just ghee Which, time. We are going to have to go back to the Whole30 little tidbit because one of my favorite bits of our (laughs) budding friendship was you were at my baby shower and I told you that I was starting Whole30. So I was like, well, I'm just going to like start Whole30 or whatever. And you were like, oh, what did you say? You said something like, oh, like I might do that. And I was like, yeah, you really should. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And then, I don't know, like, I think the next day we decided to go have, like, a last supper at PDQ. That's right. And if you don't live around here, if there's not a PDQ near you, I am so sorry. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. It is. For you. It is. And that was another one of those things where we were like, okay, this is destined to be, like, a very deep-rooted friendship. (laughs) Because no one else knows about PDQ. Right. And and we are obsessed obsessed individually, so we really feed each other (laughs) that way. Unfortunately, PDQ is not super Whole30 friendly or (laughs) Or health-conscious friendly. Any any manner that was our but that was our last meal before we started whole 30 so we went all out so so nutrition was one of the big things you really started dialing in on nutrition 
pre-pregnancy. Right. Um, that was something I always, like, I love nutrition. I think it's fascinating. Um, I had never really dug into, like, organ meats or... <laughs> um, just just how, wait for the Happy Home Birth Academy, guys. <laughs> how beneficial, like, a lot of, like, even, like, dairy, meats, um, how important those are for pregnancy. I had no idea. So, um, yeah, Lily Nichols' book kind of just started that and opened my eyes to a lot of that and so we started eating lots of slow cooked meats and a lot more bone broth and all that good stuff but yeah so that's what I did nutritionally and then um, that was before I became pregnant and afterwards um, I really prioritized making sure I got to the chiropractor regularly and I did start doing acupuncture every I don't know two to three weeks I think um I was already working out before, but that definitely changed after I um, got pregnant. I had absolutely no motivation to lift weights, um, something I loved to do before. It used to be that I wasn't crazy about cardio um, before I was pregnant, but then when I became pregnant, all I wanted to do was walk or run, so I kept that up um, daily. Um, And then... Then I started looking for a midwife, and that was, of course, you don't see a midwife until you're, is it 10 or 11 weeks, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we had a little bit of time to interview some people in the area, but the first interview or orientation we actually went to, um, me and my husband knew that's who my midwife was going to be. I got in the car and looked over at him, and (laughs) I was like, well, he was like, I don't don't think we need to go anywhere else. I think that's exactly who... Is, is our midwife so that's the best feeling yeah it was awesome I felt completely at peace about it and um yeah she was amazing so and yeah so was my prenatal care it was it was great um I worked all the way up until COVID-19 which <laughs> <Holla>. <laughs> um was 36 weeks I think for me um I really I felt great I really have no complaints about my pregnancy. Um, like I said, my prenatal care I felt like was preventative in every way to keep me low risk. And um, I was actually able to stand on my feet for, you know, 9 to 13 hours a day at work and um, still come home and run. So incredibly grateful that I felt wonderful through pregnancy. Yeah, and I don't feel like that's something that, like, just happened upon you. (laughs) I do feel like you really took your care seriously, and, you know, you did things to, like, like you said, you did chiropractic, you did acupuncture, you had a midwife who was really checking in, on you and making sure that you remain low risk so it's really it's always so exciting to see moms who understand just how just how much they can have an impact on their pregnancy experience now of course you know sometimes things happen that are outside of the scope of what we can control you know that happens but when it doesn't happen and when the mom is being super proactive like you were wow, that can be such a, such an amazing experience. Yeah, it really was. And that in combination with, I forgot to add that I did, um, I kept up with pretty often prenatal massage, especially because I'm on my feet, um, all day long, every day. And 
really dialed in on my supplementation, I think that played a huge part and impacted um, how I felt throughout my entire pregnancy. Hashtag desiccated liver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's make that trend. All the weird things. <laughs> I love that. Well, so we already kind of alluded to this earlier, but you were a founding member of Happy Home Birth Academy. So what was that experience of childbirth education like? Also, I got to give you your props for being willing to be such a guinea pig. So <laughs> let me publicly thank you for being willing to take that course. <laughs> well, I already knew it was going to be great because I watched your pregnancy. So I already knew a lot of the information, which I think was kind of cool to see how it and like how your pregnancy was impacted and then pouring your heart into like wanting to share your experience and how much those techniques and coping mechanisms and um, everything that positively impacted your pregnancy. I think it was neat to see that like come together and then that be like something I could actually use um, because it was so valuable. Um, being able to watch um, videos on exactly what happens during physiological birth, um, preparing in that way, I think knowing what's happening is super important to where you're able to so that you're actually able to deal with it. Um, the learning how to actually fully relax and just let, like, give in to the contraction versus fighting it. Um, and then also learning that you can be mindful and that you can be, you know, present and you can actually catch your own baby. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing until I had seen Caitlin's birth video, which... I, when I saw it, I was like, I want that. <laughs> like, I want that experience. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Um, it was, like, shocking to me. And I, like, watched it so many times it might be creepy. <laughs> it might be creepy. Like, <laughs> it was just, like, incredible. Yeah, I, same as you, had no idea. Like, with my first birth, I had no clue that – I could be such an active participant. And so, yeah, when when deciding to create this course, it was really, once I achieved something like that, like having a mindful birth where I just like, oh, reach down and catch your baby. And like, here, Janie, here's your baby. Like once That's I experienced thing. <laughs> once I experienced that, it was like, whoa, okay, everybody needs to know about this right now. And so I'm it, so then knowing that I was able to do that, but then seeing someone else do it was like <laughs> the coolest thing ever. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert! She did it. <laughs> she did it real good. <laughs> so yeah, that that's really. I mean, like I hate to sit here and feel like I'm like tooting my own horn because I'm not because it was you that did everything. Like you did such an amazing job, but. I definitely was so thrilled over how that information was able to affect your birthing experience. So on that note, I would love for you to actually share your birthing experience and what that was like. So <laughs> I really love how your labor unfolded. <laughs> would you mind just like telling us what those last few days of pregnancy were like and then going into what labor was like for you? Right. So 
we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And so I expected to work up until three days before my due date. And with this being my first pregnancy, I just knew, I knew I wasn't going to go early. So I was like, I'll just work up until three days before. Well, of course, I ended up being off three and a half to four weeks um, before my due date. And um, that was interesting in the aspect that I think I was just so ready to have her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was at home for three and a half, four weeks. I've never been off work for more than like 10 days since I was 14. And so like, I think it was, it was really a blessing from the Lord to just slow down and spend time with my son. Um, but I just kept thinking she was like coming way earlier and <laughs> my midwife, my midwife's, um, uh, apprentice, my chiropractor, everyone was like, she's super low, she's engaged. And so those words were just like, oh, that means she's coming soon from like 37 weeks on. And that did not happen. So 40 weeks and two days, I finally decided that it was time. (laughs) And um, I actually mixed two different induction cocktails I, that is not. This I'm is not, not a advice. Happy Homebirth Academy recommendation. <laughs> this had nothing to do with Caitlin. This was 100 um, percent my own decision. Um, Caitlin's never done one of those anyway, so it felt really experimental because everything else I had done in my pregnancy, like Caitlin, had probably experienced in some way, shape, or form. And so, uh, yeah, I took it at six o'clock at night. And like, <laughs> I decided, I'm, like I said, I'm a hairstylist. So I decided that I couldn't have roots when I met my baby. And so <laughs> I drove up to the salon and got color, came home and set up like everything in my bathroom. And I was sipping the induction cocktail while I was painting my color on my roots. And it actually, it tasted not that bad. So I was like, this isn't going to do anything. There's no way. And so, yeah, I took a shower ate a little bit of dinner um we watched some netflix and then around like 11 30 i started to feel kind of bad like nauseous um my stomach was hurting but i really just thought i was sick from it like it didn't like it didn't feel like labor or anything like i wasn't having contractions and so I had texted Caitlin. I was like, hey, I'm not going to take that second dose. I think she was asleep because she didn't respond. But I just wanted her to know in case, she, in case she woke up in the middle of the night, like, you know, not to worry. And then at like 1230, I felt like a complete wave of relief. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm already like too far in. I'm going go to <laughs> I'm gonna go take the second dose. And so at 1230 a.m., I went downstairs and blended up that disgusting drink, which the first time it was good. The second time, I don't know. It was just too much, but I chugged it down and I fell asleep around probably like one and woke up at two 30. Um, to, I didn't even know what was going on. Um, I knew that I was in labor. The signs and symptoms definitely, um, alluded to that. (laughs) But I just didn't know where I was. And because I woke up with it being so intense, um, I called Caitlin and was like, okay, this is what's going on. Um, I don't, I, I really don't want to be overreacting. I was so scared of being in early labor and like just calling everyone to my house. Uh, that was like 
not what I wanted to do, but um, thankfully, Caitlin lives about two and a half minutes away from me. And uh, so she was like, hey, why don't you time your contractions for maybe like 15 minutes and send them to me? And so I got on my app and I started like pressing play or pressing start and stop. And they were like, I don't know, maybe a, a minute to five minutes apart lasting for around 50 seconds. And so I didn't wait 15 minutes. I think I timed like three of them and mm-hmm. sent them to her. And uh, so she headed over. I was, to be fair, I got <laughs> off of the phone with you because you said you were, you were like, I'm having trouble breathing through them or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is legit. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well. Which just- I think I might have even meant talking through them. Yeah. But yeah, you did. my brain was mush at the time. Well, so. mine was too. I, I might have even said, like, are you able to breathe through them? <laughs> I don't know. Of course I was breathing, but it was. Not effectively. Yeah, yeah. But, no, you actually were breathing very effectively. But. I did, as soon as I got that phone call and heard you having a contraction on the phone, I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and get out of bed (laughs) and mosey on over. Oh, yeah. So So that was really fast. That was was 2.30 in the morning. That was really quick. And I had fallen asleep at 1. So Mm -hmm. an hour and a half later, I mean, I think I basically woke up in active labor. Um, I, I have no memories of early labor I don't, which yeah I'm pretty sure you woke up in active <laughs> I think labor. we just passed like surpassed that little part <laughs> of it and what's funny is like I had all of these you know like tips and ideas and like things planned to do through early labor I thought oh, I'm gonna eat I'm gonna stay hydrated I'm gonna do you know like be up and about and um yeah no there was <laughs> There was one way that I could deal with it, and it was on my left side. Um, I had really bad back labor, and so um, my husband was pressing into my back. Um, Thanks for that technique. Happy Home Birth Academy. (laughs) And um, then Caitlin got here, and um, they were kind of trading off. And that's when you kind of, I guess helped me to really calm down and slow like slow my breathing um, stay relaxed and once you kind of assess the situation you called my midwife so (laughs) if you want to yeah I didn't wait very long with that it was definitely like I mean even when I was driving over I was (laughs) confident that this was you know it was probably go time but then when I got here and saw the situation unfolding I was like all right I'm just gonna go in the bathroom and give Linda a little heads up and that was what time what that, time was that was like three so two thirty is when you called me I think that was three thirty at the latest okay and when I talked to her on the phone I was kind of worried that I was gonna have to like try to convince her just because she hadn't heard from you yet or anything like that and I was just like hey just letting you know uh Looks like Emily's in active labor and you should come over. And I was like, "You, if you want to, you can listen to her have a contraction. And she asked me a few questions. She was like, okay, I'm just, I'm coming over right now. Yeah. I was like, all right, good. <laughs> See you very soon. And she lives about 45 minutes away. So I'm so thankful she didn't wait on that. Delay. That could have been interesting for sure. <laughs> um, and before, did Ben have the birth pull up? Yes. So as soon as I said something about labor, my husband started working on the birth pool and he also has a desk in our room um, with all of his work stuff. He's been working from home 
the last, you know, six to eight weeks with everything that's going on. And so he wanted to get that cleared off. So I was like <laughs> hollering at him to come, pressing to my back when I had a contraction. Mm-hmm. And then in between contractions, he was getting all of his work stuff up. So we had like a um, working space and they had space to lay everything out and prepare everything. And then also working on getting the birth pull up, which praise the Lord, he did not wait on mm-hmm. getting the birth pull up because mm-hmm. that would have not been good. <laughs> Everything happened in its appropriate time, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. There was with no extra time to spare. No. Um, so, yeah, I labored like that for, I guess, from 3.30 until, like, 4.45, right? I don't know. Time is... I, I think mean, for I'm, everybody, time is a little vague. Yeah. But will you please explain how you were laboring the entire time? Because it's not what you thought you were going to be doing. Yeah, I was laying on my left side. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's all know, you did. That's all I could do. <laughs> like I couldn't. I couldn't move. I, which it wasn't that I couldn't move because of pain, or it was just like this is where I'm at. This is where I'm staying. This mm-hmm. is how I can cope and um, and breathe through these contractions. And uh, there was. There was no, there was nothing else that I was going to do. Like I was kind of just stuck in that place and it was a good place. It's the best (laughs) that I think I could have dealt with it, but. I agree. I just thought it was so funny because you were like, yeah, standing and swaying went out the window. (laughs) There's no way. There'd be no birth ball, like no kneeling, nothing. Like I, that seems like it would have been impossible. Straight and simple, sideline for the win. Yep. (laughs) So then your... Uh, midwife's apprentice showed up and started setting up and it wasn't long after that that your midwife got here right and when she got here and she checked me which I don't know how long she was here before she did that but I don't I don't know what was going on around me um but when she checked me she (laughs) looked at me and said all right you're a rock star you are fully complete and Mm -hmm. I was like can I please get in the pool (laughs) and the pool was not full so that was really disappointing because I was pretty sure I was about to have the baby on the bed mm-hmm. that was not the plan that <laughs> that was not the way I wanted it to happen so I think they like double timed it with pots and pans and everything to get well not pans but <laughs> pots <laughs> um filling um filling the pool with water um and so I could get in pretty quickly yeah and I think that your midwife was pretty shocked to find out that you were complete at that point because you were handling labor like you had done it a million times. And just by looking at you, someone would have thought she definitely was in active labor, but the way that she was just like so relaxed and just breathing through things perfectly and just like would just go beautifully internally during the contraction, but then once it was over was like, you know, able to say what needed to be say, said or whatever, she did not expect you to be complete. Right. I don't, I didn't expect that either. I knew that it was really intense, but I think the way that I was coping with it, I could have seen it like going anywhere from like a six to a nine at that point. Cause it, I mean, I don't think I ever got to a point where I was like, I can't do this. And I kept, I knew that when I felt that way that I was in transition, but Actually, I think that I was in transition close to when you showed up. Mm -hmm. And that was, I don't know, an hour before that. 
and I'd started throwing up. And so when I started throwing up, I was like, oh, this is happening like for real today, like <laughs> probably pretty soon. <laughs> no turning back. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to happen here. Um, so yeah, it was kind of cool because I definitely didn't expect to be like ready to go either. Yeah. And I will say before your midwife actually even got here, I remember the apprentice was here setting up. You were lying on the bed in your position. (laughs) (laughs) And I noticed during the peak of some of your contractions that there was a slight sense of like a grunt, like a slight (laughs) sense of a desire to push. Yeah. I was feeling pushy on the bed. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay. Cause you said to me, you were like, am I going to be able to get into the birth pool? And I was like, okay, we're going to need to get this all set up. (laughs) So that's when we started running the water to the pool. And I just kept thinking like, as soon as her midwife gets here, as soon as that pool is ready, this woman is going to be pushing a baby out. Which is crazy to think that I felt pushy, but never, like, I never reached that, like, unbearable place. Mm-hmm. I really do think that, like, the technique of just relaxing and breathing through those things was so incredibly helpful. Because, I mean, it was intense. Don't get, don't get me wrong. It was <laughs> very fast and very intense. But, um, yeah, I think I was just as shocked as Linda. And I think that you just brought up a really great point of, you know, sometimes people will think like, oh, well, you know, thank goodness you had a fast birth because that's how you were able to manage it. But those fast births, Mm. they go from, you know, you woke up in active labor. (laughs) You woke up like completely disoriented to like, whoa, (laughs) what is happening with my body? And you were still able to get into that headspace and really just like, take labor on in such an incredible way yeah and it's really funny to me to think back like and think that I was like I don't want to be overreacting like maybe you shouldn't come over like (laughs) that would have been not good yeah that would have not been a cute look (laughs) nope but that's not what happened everybody got here everyone was all set up and ready to go you were able to move into the birth pool and then what happened once once you were in the birth pool um so i don't was it immediately that i started pushing it was pretty quick it was pretty the the water felt amazing uh it was really hot which i didn't expect and um i was able to like actually really relax i got into like a arms hanging over the like side of the pool over. yeah kneeling over the side of the pool and then uh, my husband was like in front of me and I had both of his hands interlocked in my hands and I was kind of like using him to, with like pulling him and tension to kind of like uh, ground myself for those contractions. And then in between those contractions, um, I either like just rested or felt completely normal, <laughs> which was really weird for something to go from like super, super intense to be able to like in between just talk to you guys Mm -hmm. um I don't know why I expected but I didn't expect to be able to like just return to like chit-chatting regular Um, Emily versus labor Emily (laughs) yeah exactly um so that went on for trying to think maybe an hour and when did I I'm trying to think of when I started pushing You were, I mean, you were like feeling out pushing. And this is what one of the things that I like 
that I think is really important for moms to understand is like you were feeling out pushing mm-hmm. for a while before you actually started right. intensely pushing. You let your body guide you though with that, mm-hmm. which was really cool to see that like you just gave what your body told you to give. And then once you started really pushing, like it was obviously it was very clear at that point. Right. <laughs> right. And so I pushed for like maybe 45 minutes to an hour and then my midwife came over and she was like so you're pushing really intensely and really hard but then you're giving out just a little bit before maybe you should and so then we like kicked it into gear and like I gave it everything I had and and around that time was when uh one of my favorite memories of my birth was you and Ben both prayed over me and that was so powerful because it really just gave me the strength to keep going. Um, my daughter was asynclitic. So like the way one, we didn't know that then, but the way that she was, um, I don't think it would have taken me as long pushing, Mm -hmm. trying to push her out. Um, but Caitlin had suggested maybe moving into a different position Um, and so I (laughs) leaned back to kind of like squat with my arms over the back of the pool and, um, it was clear that was not going to work. I (laughs) once again, only have one pushing position. Like I had only one laboring position. So I was like that for maybe, I don't know, 10 seconds because the photographer called a photo. I was shocked (laughs) to see that. Um, but then I quickly almost like jumped back into my place, which I knew was working for me. And um, I think that little, like, move shifted her head. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, um, Linda, I think, had came back over and was like, hey, if you want to try to feel where she's at in your next contraction um, and see if it's, you know, really productive pushing. And I was like, no, there's no way. I don't know if I said anything, but I was thinking, no I way. I think you said that. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure I'm you. not doing that. Like, I, no thanks. This being in the water, this is mysterious. This, I don't know what's going on. This is, this is great. Um, and so after a couple more pushes, I think I realized, I was thinking that, okay, maybe I do need to know what's going on. So I had told the midwife apprentice, like, hey, if you want to come over and, you know, do whatever Linda was talking about in the middle of uh, my next contraction. (laughs) And when she walked over, um, my daughter was crowning. So, (laughs) um, she said, and I, like, it was very weird because I knew she was walking over and I also knew she was crowning, but like, I, I wasn't talking about it. I don't, I don't know. So she said, um, Emily, she's crowning. And I looked over and said, I know. (laughs) The best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I know. So calmly, like so normal tone, Emily. I know. (laughs) And like, yeah, like I felt so aware of what was going on. Like I, that was not, I guess I wasn't in the middle of a contraction at that, at that second. And so um, then I think I pushed once mm-hmm. and reached down and pulled her up. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, it was the most amazing thing for you to go from, like, okay, well, maybe just, like, see, you know, if you want to come, like, see where I am on this next one to, like, <laughs> oh, 
oh, here she comes out of the water. Oh, she's on yeah. my chest now. Like, I'm done. Yeah, my husband amazing. was shocked. Yes, those pictures of Ben are the funniest thing that I've ever seen because he's so clearly, like, from one frame to the other, you are crowning. He does not know that that is happening. And then all of a sudden in the next picture, you are bringing up your baby and his face is just, like, shock and elation. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm so glad we have those pictures. They're so sweet. But so you did it. Like, at that point, you are holding your baby on your chest, you caught your baby, and then you were done with your super fast labor. What? Just a short four and a half hours later. Yeah, just a, just a quick little four. So <laughs> simple. So easy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what was that like? After you just have this triumphant experience, what, what happened next? Yeah, so we moved from the birth pool over to my bed and – Within just a few minutes, my son was downstairs. Um, he had woken up, I don't know, maybe an hour, not even, probably 30 minutes before she was born. And um, he was downstairs with my mom and my midwife, actually, who <laughs> um, had stepped downstairs to, I think, get some get something. And um, my mom and my midwife were talking, and... My son said, I think I heard a baby cry. (laughs) So that was pretty cool that he got to, you know, experience it. Not actually in the room, but he hopefully will have some cool memories of hearing her cry for the first time. Um, And then he got to come in and meet his sister just a few minutes later. And that was so neat to have woken up at 2.30. All of this happened. Um, Get to have my son in bed with um, me and my husband and our new daughter and then everyone like wrapped up cleaned up and by like 10 a.m like we were just hanging out as a new family of four and it was crazy to me to think like people actually have to be in the hospital for a couple days after this yeah and we can just like relax and lay here and just be obsessed with her Mm -hmm. so and then that's when Ben started cooking the best breakfasts ever (laughs) and I came over like to to check on things the next few days and I got some delicious breakfasts thanks to Ben he has been amazing like I mean everything you could ever want like cleaning doing the dishes doing laundry vacuuming cooking every meal I didn't, I didn't go downstairs the first five days, six days mm-hmm. postpartum. So yeah, shout out to my husband. He's incredible. Yay, Ben. Yeah. And <laughs> that is so important for you to touch on that postpartum desire, not desire, because I was actually a little nervous because I know that you are such an active person. I was mm-hmm. nervous that yeah. you were going to have a really hard time doing the that hard work sometimes of lying in and yeah that was another thing that you did so fantastically um and that's something that I really feel like needs to be emphasized to more moms just how important that is to stay in bed and and let people do things for you so that was really cool to see that's something I another thing to touch on that I really just didn't know how important it was um especially until I got to be a part of the founding members group. Um, Mm -hmm. I think 
you know, especially in our society, like, people brag on, you know, being up and out and going a day or two after they have a baby, and that could have been possible. Um, I could have done that probably the same day because I felt great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I really, like, post so far, like, I felt amazing, but knowing that how important and just the education and the knowledge of like actually what is going on in your body and um, how like critical healing is during that time uh, is not something that's really taught anywhere. Right. And that can definitely sneak up on you because as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, like you feel so good, you want to just go out and tackle everything. So it's kind of counter counter to what you feel like doing, but you did do such a great with, job with that. Um, but gosh, like really, Emily, it has been so cool to experience pregnancy, experience the tail end of my pregnancy with you, but then get to watch you as a first-time birther really take control and step into your role is like a very active participant in your pregnancy and your labor and your childbirth was so fulfilling. It was so cool to see somebody just be like, yep, I'm just going to own this. And I will say, as we wrap up, (laughs) I got home after that birth and was telling my husband about it. And I was like, oh, it was just amazing. And he was like, really? Was it? So was it like your first birth or your second birth? <laughs> Which my first birth, shout out to my birth team because they really stuck with me during an intense birth. Um, but it was a hard, hard birth. And I, even though I had seen, you know, I'd been to so many births, I do not feel that I understood exactly how much control and power I could bring to my situation. And then with my second, it was just so peaceful and wonderful and so for me to be able to report back to him like oh yeah it was a second birth (laughs) he was like that's awesome that's so awesome (laughs) we were cheering you on for sure um but yeah being able to see that yeah it's possible for a first time like a first birth you can have a peaceful mindful empowered home birth so Thank you, Emily, for letting me uh, really get to experience that journey with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I also want to say thank you for putting together this incredible course that's going to launch on Monday. Um, One thing I realized looking back is that I never feared the pain of childbirth. I'm really excited that I got to already be a part of it and go through it and help show moms that if you have the right tools and techniques and the right knowledge and education, then it is completely possible to give birth and be present and be mindful and be in control of what's going on. And catch your own baby. (laughs) Yeah, and catch your own baby. If you want. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's go snuggle that baby. Thank (laughs) Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the podcast. I'm not crying. You're crying. And, (laughs) oh, wow, what a beautiful experience that was. I mean, firsthand, it was wonderful. Just being able to see someone that you know and love step into such a powerful role and handle it so courageously. I mean, I wish you guys could have all seen it. Just the way that she just handled labor like it was nothing, like she'd been doing it for years. 
that is what I want for any mother that wants it. You know, if, if that's the kind of birth that you want, I hope that you will check out Happy Home Birth Academy and that it will be able to help you step into your power as well. That is my goal. So as we wrap up after I say that, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was just, man, what an empowering story on the other front. The way that Emily came into motherhood so different from the traditional route and the way that she went through that experience knowing, you know, she met her son and knew that it was her son. How powerful is that? How incredible. And now with her second baby, she is just continuing this wonderful journey of motherhood. It's such an amazing thing to watch. So as we wrap up this episode, this is the day after Mother's Day that this is airing. And I just want to say happy Mother's Day plus one to all of the amazing moms out there. You guys, this is not an easy job. I I don't think I read the job description. <laughs> we're making it, we're doing it, but this is tough business. And it's so important to remember, number one, you are not alone. Every mother out there knows <laughs> knows what this is like. And it's so wonderful to know that we can, you know, band together and, and be supportive of one another. And number two, you are making an impact. You are shaping and molding the lives of your precious children. And if you love them, and I know you do, you're making a wonderful difference and a wonderful contribution. So thank you all for listening to this podcast, for loving your families so well, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hey, are you finding these stories and interviews helpful? Support the show by heading to myhappyhomebirth.com and purchasing a t-shirt, candles, or even just clicking share on your social media page.